Welcome back to the podcast, folks. This is the third episode of the fall season. Sorry for the disruption. Life has been kind of uh, chaotic lately. On the home front, I have uh, switched things up where my eldest has moved in with me full time. So I am rolling with the single parent business and running the business of business, which uh, you know makes for a busy me. Uh, however, we're back at it. Uh, there's this episode with Eric. Uh, next week with uh, Lon Milo Duquette, and uh, perhaps one more this year. We'll see. Uh, finally, I you know I want to just take a moment and say uh, thank you to the folks who have supported the pro- podcast and the transcriptions, and you know invite everybody to. Uh, you can do so through the links in the show notes. And I'll also say if you know that's not your jam, you can also support the podcast by sharing it everywhere by. Uh, supporting me through my work with my tarot school, with my online store that ships everywhere, or if you happen to be in Toronto, uh, drop in, as well as through the classes and mentorship and readings offered to everybody. There's lots of ways to support the podcast. Thanks. folks, welcome to the Hermit's Land podcast. I am uh, having the pleasure today of hanging out with Eric Perdue. Uh, I know Eric predominantly through their work around uh, magic and translating older texts and so on, which is some really exciting stuff that they've been up to lately. Um, you know, and I've just sort of been watching their point of view around the magical communities online and, and in person and, and thought that it might be a really lovely conversation to talk about, you know, how do we know we're on the right track? How do we know what we're doing is solid and grounded? How do we apply logic to our practice? You know, there's a lot of different things that I've, I've sort of run into around hanging around with Eric. And uh, so they're on the podcast this week. But for those who don't know you, Eric, why don't you give us a quick introduction? I was just thinking of gray beard magic here, you know, <laughs> Um Let's see. Uh, is this a biography time? Yeah, give us a quick biography. <laughs> give, us, give us your give us your like cover cover letter on your CV. Oh, my cover you know? letter. Oh my gosh, my resume is, gets smaller as I get older. Okay, yeah, I, I I haven't worked for anybody since 1998, <laughs> so I don't even have one anymore. That's it. Um, well, let's see. I've been at this game since um, late 80s, I suppose, mm-hmm. and um, my you know, I think I, I initially got started like like most of us did with you know your average occult books and yes, you know I read Starhawk, <laughs> sure. um, but you know when I discovered uh, Crowley and the Golden Dawn and ceremonial magic, I was hungry to, to learn something like that. It sounded you know spooky enough, and um, I met a musician friend. And we got to talking and he gave me someone's number. He said, this, this, this person's uh, really serious about what they do. And, you know, they have a, a temple and all this kind of thing. It sounded really mysterious. And um, I love this story because it sounds like a movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they gave me the number and I said, okay, what do I say? And he said, well, just tell, tell him you want to make an appointment. And I said, for what? And he said, he'll know what you mean. <laughs> Just tell me you want to make an appointment. I'm thinking this is a drug deal or something. Right. So I called the number and I answered the phone and I said, you know, is this Ardoon? And he goes speaking. And I said, my name is Eric and I want to make an appointment. And he said, for what? <laughs> and I said, look, I have no idea. This is what I was told to tell you. I'm just starting out trying to learn this. And he goes, okay, fine. You know? And so we, I went over there a couple of days later and, we chatted for hours and hours. Uh, not one word was spoken about leukemia or African this or African that, nothing. Um, we just talked. And, you know, based on what I saw of this man, I was 
hooked mm. uh, immediately. And I knew I wanted to have whatever he had. <laughs> so he, he kind of, you know, was pretty vague about the magic part of it for a while. And I used to, I went there about once a week, I would say. And you know, we would just talk and eventually there was, uh, he said, well, why don't you come by this weekend? We're doing a ceremony. I'm thinking, okay, now I'm going to get to the meat of it. Um, it turned out it was a, you know, leukemia ceremony. And so I got whisked around the back and I was, you know, plucking chickens. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, was, that was my Put introduction to work, to it. right? Yeah, I, I had an inkling something was going on with, I, I started getting some clues that it might've been uh, Santeria. I, I you know, heard the term a little bit and I saw that movie, The Believers, which came mm-hmm. out like in what, 88, I think. I saw that. So, you know, I sort of had a clue, but um, it didn't scare me off. I, I stuck with it because mm-hmm. I, I was just fascinated about all the knowledge that he had. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted more and more and more. And um, he, you know, he entered, he introduced me to um, um, Agrippa, three books of occult philosophy, pretty early. Um, mm. mid, so they, so they were interested in a lot of stuff then. Oh they yeah, weren't just you know just walking the Orisha path and so on. Right. Well, that's not how he started. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, he he told everyone that he was from Spain, mm-hmm. and you know, originally he opened up a neo-pagan temple it was in the 60s mm-hmm. there's some holdovers from that and you know according to his story i don't know if this is really true but when his teacher died they um um he, he said that he brought in you know leukemia and I, I don't know if that's actually the impetus for it happening but he brought it in and he was initiated in uh, 74 and when he when he brought it into the, when he brought it into his practice he basically went all the way with it and it scared off a lot of the neo-pagans. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he told me that the first Misa that he did, um, he set up the table and he said, as soon as he, he put a big cross in the middle of the table, <laughs> uh, everybody flipped out and a lot of people left. And, um, and, and he kind of operated half and half. You know, he did the leukemia thing sort of on one side. And then he did this sort of neo-pagan thing on the other side. I came in at the tail end of that. Mm-hmm. So I sort of, I saw a lot of the neo-pagan thing. And in my mind, I didn't, I didn't know what the difference was at first. And um, by, I would say the mid, early to mid nineties, it was pretty, it was pretty much, it was pretty leukemia by that mm-hmm. point. Um, but yeah, he, he, he uh, introduced me to Agrippa and um, I didn't, didn't really understand the book too much. Um, he told me books. About, it's one of those books. Yeah. And he talked about Picatrix, which no one was talking about back mm-hmm. then. Um, and there, there were no English translations yet. Mm-hmm. And um, so he told me that, you know, that book two of three books of occult philosophy was pit, like what Picatrix was. He was partially correct, you know, kind of not, but um anyway so as is, as is very common in magical stuff right especially exactly like there's there's a real um well i mean time will tell if it's if it is if it's how accurate things are but there's so much more real scholarship and real work being done on these things now than versus what was out there you know back in the back when i was getting into this stuff in the 80s and 90s for sure right it was the wild west it was the wild west <laughs> you want some egyptian stuff go read uh what was his name Butler, budge. was that the guess? Budge. budge. Yeah, Budge. Yeah. Right. People like, still talking about them though. Yeah. They're but fun not, to read though. I think. But it's not good translations, you know. Like, well, they're not, it's not good scholarship now. Yeah. At least not. I wouldn't say it's bad scholarship, but it's Victorian scholarship. Sure. You know, yeah. so I don't think it was bad for the time, but we've moved on. Yes. In the world. Yes. <laughs> since then. Um. But yeah, I. It, you know, he 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 practiced astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, in, I wasn't terribly impressed by astrology back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember he was trying to help out a couple of women that were astrologers mm-hmm. and they were giving these readings and he started asking questions. You would ask, you know, in Dilagoon, you know, he would say, he would say, okay, well, am I going to make money? <laughs> and they couldn't answer it. <laughs> right. Or, you know, something like that. He was asking very direct questions and, I'm, and I, I thought to myself, okay, well, you can't ask a direct question get a direct answer then what use is it um and 
yeah, I, I was, I was, I worked very closely with him. I was initiated eventually in Lukumi uh, in uh, 2000 mm-hmm. uh, to Shango. And I, I was basically very close with him until he passed. So mm-hmm. that was in, um, you know, basically 2005. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, from that point on, it was just kind of like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> and you know, most it's really of original, tough, right? And I think it's that, tough, you know. And I think that people who are outside of these traditions, you know, I mean, like it's it's obviously tough when a teacher passes, but like the relationship between godparent and godkid is, you know, at least in my experience, sort of a notch above kind of any other teacher relationship that I've ever had, you know. And I've had a bunch of them, very different, and some of them very long standing, right? You know, and yeah, it's just it's a very it's a it's such a different dynamic you know it is and, and, and every godparent's a little different because some of them want to control everything and some sure want to teach you and some some yeah. are both and well, um yeah go ahead yeah well i was just gonna say i mean you know one of the things one of the things that like you know when people come like oh will you be my godparent i'm like well, we just met like we just met like <laughs> let's let's want to get married can, yeah exactly do you want to you, you know i'm like look if we if we decide that this makes sense then this is a relationship that should last until one of us dies and even then it doesn't really end it becomes something else and when you start to put it in that context you know i've never had the expectation that my other you know my teacher and teacher in the aa are they going to be my teacher for the rest of my life nope probably not Mm -hmm. you know and and history would say no you know my teachers (laughs) like it's just such a different sense right of like you know, you're really settling into having a life with this person. So yeah, it's so important to kind of, yeah, think about yeah, that and look about that, you know? That's the thing is those Arishas are connected to that godparent. And yeah. even even after that godparent dies and there are ceremonies that that, that they have to, I, I, you know, I think to make that separation a little cleaner. Yep. But it's still there. And sure. you know, even now he's still my godfather and he's been yeah. passed for many years now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know what to do, and I started thinking back, and um, I started getting the bug to study astrology a little bit, and then I also bought Agrippa, who had stuck out in my mind. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, I got the Tyson edition that everyone has, <laughs> and I started realizing that a that the text really clicked with me, but but also it was describing uh, an astrology I wasn't familiar with because the astrology back then was so different. And, you know, it just, I was lucky in that, you know, the early 2000s, we were, they were really starting to become just like in the occult world, there was a a resurgence in um, the study of older texts, translating them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so now I was, you know, it was possible to actually find out if Agrippa is talking about XYZ term, you know, you can actually find it out. And, um, Although when Tyson um, worked on Agrippa, he didn't necessarily have access to that information himself. But by the time I found it, we did. Mm-hmm. And that just opened a whole can of worms. And I, and I you know, initially I was thinking of, of leaving Lukumi forever because it, it, um, you know, our, our house kind of disintegrated. Right. And um, a lot of the people left the religion. Mm-hmm. My Oyabona left the religion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's ironically, I was one of the, one of the last initiates and i stuck mm-hmm. <laughs> stuck with it um and eventually i met my current uh, godmother and her husband and everything just sort of blossomed from there mm-hmm. yeah i think it's i think it's not uncommon right especially for places with you know we were talking a little bit before this with like smaller communities you know like if if you know like if somebody's kind of the head of a community or pulling kind of really holding people together and then they die you know it's not like in a place with like a lot of interconnected houses and interconnected people right right? it's like when when that source when my godmother died you know and i was sort of caught up in the grief of that you know and i had small children and i live in toronto and you know like all these kinds of things and i was just like 
I don't even know what I'm going to do from here. Like, you know, like something will happen, but like, I don't know what, when, how, you know, and, and it kind of, you know, I took care of my obligations around her passing and so on. But, but beyond that, I really didn't do anything for, for a while because it was just like, it was too, too difficult, you know, and too, too hard and, 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 and too grief filled in some ways too, you know, and, 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 and you need to ask yourself if you want to get involved in the potential drama in the community again. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's what, that's what I had to kind of deal with too. Uh, Cause I saw a lot of drama around his passing mm-hmm. and a lot of ugliness, not just in my house, but people outside the house. Sure. And I'm thinking like, okay, you know, at the time I was in my mid thirties and I'm like, do I want to deal with this, mm-hmm. you know, anymore. And then, you know, after a few years passed, I realized that, that drama exists everywhere. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I definitely saw it in the astrology community, which is something, which is funny because astrology doesn't have, you know, families and lineages and mm-hmm. all these kinds of things. Um, but it sure has personalities. Sure has personalities, but, but no one's beholden to those personalities. Sure. And, but despite that, you know, you still get drawn in mm-hmm. or you can get drawn into the drama. And after a while I realized that, you know, it's possible to craft your own narrative Mm-hmm. and you know make a distinction of what you want to deal with what you don't want to deal with yeah and um you know luckily my the the house i'm part of now uh doesn't put up with a lot of yeah. you know malarkey yeah yeah <laughs> so i i i went through plenty of malarkey when i was you know in the oto and in some other related you know kind of groups and stuff like that and i was like now I'm just, i see it coming i'm like no thanks i'll just yeah. i'll go do something else you know yeah yeah it's just it, just, it becomes like high school mm-hmm. yeah and I, I don't need that <laughs> yeah so how 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 is the astrology for you now i'm always curious about this because so i walked away from astrology right like i don't know how long ago now maybe four or five years ago i just i had this moment where i was like to make an offering, you know, make a bow to Alegua. And, and there was all these other things. Like it was like an, one of those like astrological doomsday times, you know, like there's these periods every now where they're like, Oh, and I was like, and like, I was reading astrology and I was like feeling some tension around some of these things. And I was looking at Alegua and I'm like, you don't care. Why do I care? I don't actually <laughs> care. I don't need to care. And, and I just kind of realized that, that, you know, because in Lukumi, we have no astrology, right? Like mm-hmm. none to really speak of, you know? And, and so I just kind of had this moment where I was like, I'd already walked away from ceremonial magic, you know, many, many years ago, I kind of stopped in the early 2000s after, you know, uh, a bunch of drama when I was in the Orem Solace and I kind of got caught up in, in somebody else's stuff and swept out of the group. And I was like, I can't deal with this. I don't have time for this. I got too many busy things to do, you know? And so I'd already like sold all my books and given up on that practice. I mean, I still do stuff with clients sometimes, but, um, but yeah. And then I, and then I walked away from, I kind of just sort of closed the door on astrology every now and then I'll look at someone's chart or like, you know, there are some people that I, that I enjoy talking to about it or, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy their stuff a bit, but I, but I don't really, I, I, I always jokingly say, like, I don't believe in astrology. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. And that's not really the case. The, the case is that uh, uh, astrology is interesting, but it's not my, it's not my thing. And I just don't have, I can't, I can't get close with it. It exerts a bit of a pull, you know, the way, the way in which people talk about it and stuff like that. Well, the, I think the me. issue, go ahead, go ahead, please. Oh, no. oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. I was just gonna say, yeah, there's, there's something about the way in which it's talked about and the ideas about it. And I remember the first time, like I, I said that I wasn't gonna, you know, do this and people were like, oh, not everybody, like, but a bunch of people were like, well, you know, it impacts you whether you believe in it or not. And I was like, <laughs> that, that's why I can't be involved, you know? So, and I, know I don't like those responses. I don't not like those either. kinds of responses. Yeah. I, I don't mix leukemia and astrology at all. I, I don't do any astrological elections. Um, you know, I'm, I'm less worried about what the planets are doing and more worried about what my, what the ancestors were doing yeah. uh, when it comes to ceremonies. Um, but uh, I mean, the issue with astrology is that um, 
is that we're lacking a place for it mm. today. Actually, it's issues with magic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it isn't just astrology. I think that any kind of, you know, poking that one's going to do to astrology, you can equally do it to, to the occult. Sure. Um, I mean, the, the, the truth is that all of us live today in uh, a worldview where we all grew up in a worldview of scientific materialism. Sure. Um, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. you may, you may, you may have um, some issues with it, whatever, but you still have that <laughs> ingrained in the back of your mind because that that's how we were almost all of us were raised um, at least in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. And um so I, I think that the first thing is that when you're doing magic and astrology, there's always a part of your brain that tells you that it doesn't work. Hmm. And, and there's, and there's, you know, I've often said that magic and astrology are actually expressions of a philosophy mm-hmm. or of philosophy, not a particular one. And people, we don't really have that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, I mean, it's so like, for instance, you know, in leukemia, there's a philosophy around it. And there's a, there's a worldview around leukemia that does not supersede, you know, modern medicine and modern technology. Sure. It embraces it, right? It embraces the, it. Part of the ever expanding nature of Odoo that all of these things come into the world and find their place within it. Right. Exactly. Within the divination and so on. And, you know, when you, when you speak to some of these uh, elders, there's no contradiction whatsoever. Sure. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a place for it. Mm-hmm. And with astrology, especially, I think astrology is a little bit more difficult for people because with astrology, you're dealing with planets that you can see or theoretically see if we had no light uh, pollution, mm-hmm. um, you can predict the, the movements with math. Um, people, people and machines have touched many of these planets. Um, you know, we know they're made up of, uh, we can measure magnetism. We can measure gravity. All these things we can we can do. And so then, when you talk about s- astrology, it's hard for people to put their brain around it. It all then it becomes firmly just a belief structure. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're saying, you know, you don't believe in astrology. Well, that that's the only way it could work. I think in a lot of the way things are today. Um, and that that was part of my impetus for working with Agrippa is because Agrippa has that philosophical you know, that's all the book is, is the philosophical angle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that reading this book or any other book are going to give you all the answers or maybe the right answers at all, but it, it helps with that inquiry. And, well, oh, sorry. No, no, please go ahead. No, I was just going to say that um, a lot of people have, I mean, I, I, again, I, I think that physical component of, of the planet's really impedes on the validity of astrology for a lot of people mm-hmm. and it's a big hurdle <laughs> mm-hmm. and so you know when people tell you things like okay okay you're gonna give them a boat to Elagua. and then you have that thought in your head like okay well this is astrologically a horrible time well that's that's unfortunately the wrong way to think i think mm-hmm. about astrology um because that's not how astrology works sure yeah it's not supposed to work that way Yep. I mean, it's how popular astrology works for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, Mercury goes retrograde. Everybody freaks out about their printers and things like that. Um, but that's not how it's supposed to work. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not, you know, just because there's some bad condition in the sky, it isn't doomsday for everybody. Sure. It, it, it was never that way until, until recently. Well, and even if you have a, like hard conditions in your chart, you know, like in your natal chart, that's fine. I mean, back when I was, you know, I did a lot of planetary magic. I was very, very into planetary magic for a while. And I went through my whole chart and looked at a bunch of things that I thought were, you know, less favorable. And and then I just did ceremonies around them, you know, and I did this like, you know, for a year, yeah. every time the moon changed signs, I did work around that, around mm-hmm. integrating and connecting. So like every, you know, whatever it is a little less than three days. Right. I'm like in the temple doing the new thing, doing the new thing and, you know, for a whole year. Right. And, and I think that a lot of that stuff was very beneficial, you know, 
Um, but it's also was really geared towards being, as you say, empowered around this stuff, right? Like it's not, maybe, maybe you do want to do a thing in order to mitigate something, or maybe you want to like look at those energies if you're going to be involved in those systems. Um, but that like doom and gloom of it is certainly not so helpful, right? Well, it's also not, I mean, so lately I've been studying uh, Arabic astrology more closely. Arabic mm-hmm. astrology really is where that's our real link to the past in the West is because, you know, it's sure astrology was developed by the Greeks, but, or Greek speaking people. Um, but, um, but, you know, it's, it's the Arabic material material is what really brought it to the West back mm-hmm. to the West. And, you know, astrologers like Abu Mashar spoke about this. They spoke about the role of, you know, prediction in our lives. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they actually had thoughts about this and um, you know, the basic idea is that your natal chart, I mean, I believe Shar says this, that, that, that no one ever really lives their natal chart mm-hmm. because the natal chart shows something that was there when you were born. Um, it has events in your life all mixed up together in no particular order whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you use, you know, um, timing techniques to, you know, figure out when things are coming and, you know, what's happening this year. Um, and I think it was he who made a comment that, you know, in reality, your natal chart is your chart for your life after you die Mm. because everything's already happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, so what you're actually experiencing is not your natal chart. You're experiencing your solar return chart Mm. or you're experiencing, um, you know, so, something else of that nature, some planet that's activated at a certain time. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, while your needle chart may say that, you know, your marriages are going to suck. Um, th- that's not true your entire life. Sure. And, and, you know, 365 days a year, you know, seven days a week throughout your entire life. Um, there's really good periods and there are really bad periods and periods of inactivity. Mm-hmm. and and that's what you're really doing with astrology so when people start you know freaking out about um you know mercury's retrograde right now well sure it's a thing mm-hmm. it may not affect you right mm-hmm. now it may have yeah. nothing to do with anything in your life whatsoever or mm-hmm. it might that time mm-hmm. maybe yeah. this time it has it's a big deal next time it's not sure <laughs> yeah well it's i mean you know there there are moments right uranus uh crossed my midheaven into into taurus um my what my my uranus no i'm scared <laughs> that was a pun uh, um <laughs> yeah anyway and uh you know um when that happened my store burned to the ground you know and it's like well maybe there's there's a a very close correlation between some of those elements you know but uh but also yeah what are you gonna do if you're not wired to get into it you're not gonna do it yeah for sure either, so yeah I'm not here to astrology shame you no no nobody's gonna astrology <laughs> shame me because i'm because i don't care <laughs> um but I, I mean i yeah it's it's fascinating you know um I, th- I also think that what's really interesting and you know you kind of start talking about this with the arabic stuff right is this emergence of older material right mm-hmm. you know what i mean one of the things i love about Lukumi is you know via oral tradition it has a tremendous depth to it right like historically yeah. speaking right depends on how you want to count it and whatever but thousands of years right and you know it's really interesting to sort of see some of this older material in you know in the the western ceremonial stuff is sort of founded on you know or, or the the inheritor of but without having a living connection to it because, yep. you know, because that stuff got disrupted in so many different places and, and maybe, maybe on purpose, maybe not, you know, whatever, but like, but it's really interesting, you know, and, and you're one of the people who's doing some really interesting stuff with that, where you're digging in and looking back at these older things and like Agrippa and all that stuff. And not just in a way of like, I mean, I read Agrippa, you know, but that's not what you're doing. You didn't just read a grip and be like, oh, yeah, this is kind of cool. Maybe I'll try this thing, right? You, you're, you're, you're in the thick of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. so what's no, that I, like? Well, my, my main, the main thing in my life is that I have to figure out why something works. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier, it's not about 
finding that objective answer, but it's, it's, I have to figure it out though, somehow. Mm -hmm. And I have to break it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I like about the older material is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of time spent explaining why something is now, you know, my, my main thing is astrology outside of leukemia <laughs> and that, that that's where it's valuable because if you, if you pick up a modern astrology book, it's just a book of techniques. Mm. A lot of modern magical books are that way too. They're just techniques and ceremonies. Sure. This equals this, this, uh, yeah. when this happens, you do this then. Yeah. And there's no, uh, there's no depth to it mm-hmm. and no foundation. And so now, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, people are, um, you know, copying recipes, you know, cooking recipes with no thought about, you know, why, you know, why, why you sauteing something as opposed to frying it or what the difference is and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, the, the older books tell you those, things. you have to spend the time digging through it. Um, but they're easy to get. I mean, it's all, mm-hmm. it's all there for people to find. Mm-hmm. And it, it absolutely frustrates me. Um, I mean, this sort of, you know, fetishizing of horrible scholarship of the Victorian era. We, we talked about that, I think, before we recorded. Sure. Uh, well, I think it was before we recorded. Um, we mentioned Budge. And, you know, they're, they're, they're fun books to read, but sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, Budge is fun. Actually, I like, I like reading Budge. Um, but it, it's, it, it isn't great. I mean, you know, uh, you know people are hanging on to things like you know um you know if they're not doing golden dawn, i mean golden dawn's fine but if they're not doing something like that then they're and they're reading things like manly p hall or things like sure. that where it's, it's just it's objectively wrong history yeah and then there's no depth to it whatsoever and yeah. so now now people have this this concept of um the the magical world being you know something that's just all in your head mm. And there's, well, there's no visceral, yeah, that visceral nature is missing. Yeah. You know? Or, or they bring this sort of Victorian colonial notion of everything being the same somehow. Right. You know, or and like left-hand path. <clears throat> sure. Sure. Yeah. We'll leave that, we'll leave that alone. You know? I don't want an email from those people. No, I'm just kidding. I love you all. Um, no, but like, you know, I remember somebody like sent me a list of where the Orishas belong on the tree of life. And I'm like, this is just colonial bunk, right? Like, yep. It might be, there might be a, you know, like when I created the Orisha Tarot, I'm like, there's a philosophical overlap around some ideas. And this is not saying that this is this, but this particular story and this particular tarot card have a relationship and we can look at that, but it's not, I'm not smushing it all together and being like, well, you know here's here everything is the same thing right it's it's more of a philosophical exploration and you you can make comparisons yeah sure sure and so much of that um you know golden dawn era stuff and crowley and all that stuff it's just you know it's like everything is here and everything i can know and everything i can draw these lines between and it's all the same thing at some level and that's just a really kind of damaging space to be in you know like it's so limiting ultimately yeah, I know in the astrology world, one of the fascinating things is we're now getting to a point where we can explain nearly all of the main astrological concepts. There's a couple of mysteries, but for the most part, we can we can explain it. And in some cases, we can figure out where certain things literally came from, like as in which astrologer first wrote about certain mm. things. Uh, it, the, the detail that's coming out is pretty amazing. And that, and that's one of the things I love about the time I, I, we're living in now, because, you know, when you're talking about sign rulerships, for instance, it, you know, it's it, the assumption in modern astrology is that it all comes down to affinity, you know, like, you know, Mars is like Aries or whatever. And that's why the rulerships are there. Um, but no, there's different, there's a different rationale to that. There's a rationale to exaltations. There's a rationale mm-hmm. to, you know, the role that signs play versus the role that the planets play and the roles that aspects play all these things have specific definitions and specific rationales to them and these old books talk about it yeah you know because they felt like they had to you know they don't take it for granted you know mm-hmm. yeah well it's you know it's not just another column in 777 right 
It's right. like, we'll just memorize this one. We'll memorize that one, you know? Right. Um, and, and I say, please, like nobody feel whatever about this. I've, I've done that. I did that stuff. That was a part of, you know, I started out with Crowley, you know, it was the first stuff I read and spent a long time exploring all those kinds of things. And then I kind of woke up to the bigger world and started looking at other things, you know? And I think that that's an important part of the time we're living in now, right? It's a time to sort of wake up and, and sort of look at that bigger, you know, bigger world lens of things. And, and there's so much more we can learn about things, you know? Yeah. I think, I think what a lot of people don't know, maybe, you know, um, you probably know, but what a lot of people don't realize is, is the sort of cultural schism that happened in the, um, 1700 late 16 early 1700s around the enlightenment because you know the there was a last gasp of esoterica in the um 1600s in england at least, at least in england i'm not sure about other parts of europe um and a lot of great material came out during that time and um but you know by the beginning of the 18th century most of that stopped mm-hmm. and you know that coincided with the advent of the of you know the scientific worldview and all that which is fine and it was obviously something that had to happen I, I think it did have to happen but people don't realize the depth of that schism um mm-hmm. because you know at least with like, like with astrology for instance there was there was there were still a few people left doing it but by the time you started going into the 1800s um there wasn't much left and the, the the theosophists revived it, but because the theosophists wanted to make this, you know, pseudo scientific and they didn't want, want to have any hint of fortune telling uh, they reinvented astrology mm-hmm. and that, that reinvention, the, you know, the, the, the way that they reinvented astrology is now taken for granted as astrology. I mean, less mm-hmm. so now because more has been coming out, but for a long time, and just the notion that basic astrological concepts maybe meant, meant something different at another mm-hmm. time for the majority of its history yeah. um, is, you know, unheard of. And I, I think with magic, it's a little bit murkier because with magic, you know, you have the psychological versus spiritual world, world views there, but, um, but you don't, there's a, I, I think that there's a cultural divide somewhere where it, it's harder to place that in with your everyday life now um i you know again people are trying it now <laughs> seriously but uh, but for a long time it was this, this sort of like it was almost like a hobbyist sort of a thing you know well it was it was um you know you belong to a club and every so often you got together and did some things and exactly and, and off you go right you know and yeah and you compare it with you know someone like agrippa you know um magic wasn't questioned mm-hmm by most people in, in, in society back then <clears throat> the church didn't question it. they didn't like it but they didn't question it mm-hmm. and um um that that makes a you know a huge difference in your approach to, to the magic if you if you if everyone if you and everyone around you believes that something exists then you're, you're going to look at it differently and I just want to jump in here for a second and remind people that the Hermit's Lamp is also a store. So I have an online store and an in-person store in Toronto that sells over 400 tarot decks, 300 kinds of crystals, and incense, incense holders, candles, oils, and all the magical goodies you might want for whatever spiritual practice you are up to. I think we have great prices on stuff. Everything is sourced to the best of my ability to be authentic. And we offer pickup or in-store shopping when it's not COVID in Toronto. And we offer delivery just about anywhere in the world. So do me a favor. Next time you're thinking about stuff, drop by the hermitslamp.com. Check it out. See if we've got something you need there. 
because I always appreciate that support. I kind of imagine in, in my leukemia practice, I've sort of experienced that a little bit more mm-hmm. um, because now you have, you know, several generations of people who grew up in working with leukemia and they, and they see what it can do. And it, you know, it's it become something very different. You don't, you don't have this, what I call, you know, diminished um, expectations happening where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't go to a leukemia ceremony and um someone you know lights a candle and they're like all the candle flicker that means the reach is here right yeah you don't have that kind of a thing um whereas in a lot of other magical practices that's all people are going to talk about yes is that flickering candle i'm being i'm being sort of you know facetious here but um Mm. but you get my point (laughs) no no i do do. it it should you know there, there should be more to it and you know same thing with prediction you know it's you know, people become very satisfied with very small, you know, Mm -hmm. small results. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that for me, maybe because I got into this stuff so young, maybe because I spent so much time in the woods as a kid by myself, maybe because I almost died when I was 14 and just like got super, like after that, I was like, all right, I need to understand everything and just you know, I would find any spiritual person and I would corner them and ask them questions. And I read every book that I could get my hands on in the library and elsewhere and so on for whatever reasons. By the time, you know, by the time I was in my twenties and like, I'd never really sort of stepped away from that magical thing that was easier to access when you were younger, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, like one of the things that was really fascinating, you know, like tarot is one of those places, right. Where, you know, starting in the 60s, fortune telling diminishes, especially in the West, right? Mm-hmm. The the sort of hippie new age energy enters and it's like psychology and about what you think. It's like self-development tool and it's all of those things, right? But for me, coming out of sort of living deeply in a magical world, you know, and being like very, very like committed to my magical practice and my, you know, and all those kinds of things pre-internet mm-hmm. and then coming into card reading and reading for predominantly Caribbean folks for a long, long time. Like I would just show up and they'd be like, all right, tell me everything about my future. I'd be like, okay, let's do it. I would just, <laughs> you know? And so I, I, I sidetracked a lot of that stuff that you're talking about, you know? And I think it's why when, when I'm teaching stuff now and I'm teaching magic or I'm teaching card reading, you know, I've been doing these, um, magic of place walks with people right where it's like all right let's go be in nature and let's go i'm going to go introduce you to the people that i talk to right here and let's see what happens you know and we'll we'll go and spend like you know three four hours you know and a large part of that is kind of working towards what you're getting at right i want to teach people how to think i want to show people things that are real and different you know, and mm-hmm. I, I got derailed on the tarot for a second there, but like what happened was, you know, so I was in 2014, maybe I was in Dallas at this conference and Lenormand was starting to make a resurgence, you mm-hmm. know, and there's this person there teaching it and everybody was on fire about it because it would let you predict the future. And I was like, this is really interesting, but this is exactly how I read tarot to Marseille already. You know, you do it with playing cards. Sure. Right. And so, but, but because I didn't have, I wasn't part of those communities. I wasn't in that sort of other mindset. You know, I learned to read the cards by reading the book of Toth hundreds and hundreds of times over and over and over again, and just working with it. Right. And so when I came to these things, they're great, you know, and like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing Lenormand or these other things. Right. But for me, they were, they were just curiosities of like an alter alternate way to get towards a thing that I was already doing. And I'm like, well, what am I going to learn a new thing? I'm just going to learn more about what I'm doing, you know? And so, but I think that that, that lived magical experience and that real 
imminent magical presence in the world, I think that, yeah, it's hard to come by. Right. And people struggle with it. And yeah. well, you, have, you have to trust yourself. I mean, <clears throat> one of my, the early readings I had by my godfather, it said you were going to be, I was going to be evicted. And I didn't understand that because I was paying my rent mm-hmm. and I wasn't losing my job. I didn't lose my job. Sure. <clears throat> and um, about a day later, or maybe been same, could have been same day even, but I went home and these two guys were walking around, you know, outside and I went to go into the door and they said, are you Eric? And I said, yes. And they said, okay, we just bought the building. When can you leave? Right. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. Yeah. There's, there's a lot you could do with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't evicted in the, I guess, in the legal sense, but, you know, I was sure unexpectedly, you know, ejected. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think that when you grow up just reading books and I think that I don't, I don't like to put a lot of blame on social media because I think social media I don't think it's you. I, I think that the things people complain about in social media have always been there sure. in some form. It's just more white. It's more uh, far reaching today mm-hmm. than it used to be, but you know, I don't think anything's inherently changed. Um, you know, but you know, people don't have teachers. People are just reading books. They're listening to non-experts. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have always done that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure people did it in the ancient world too. Sure. And, um, but I, I, I think the core of it is just, is, is again, that disconnect from living in a magical world, mm-hmm. uh, as I mentioned earlier. And, um, you know, cause you know, if, if, if magic isn't real or astrology isn't real, then you should not get a major result from it. Sure. So you're not going to expect one. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been trying to, you know, I guess I've been trying to hammer in the, the idea that, you know, more can happen. And, you know, yeah. especially with Luke and me, I've seen so much, so many things. Sure. Well, and I think kind of also to what you're talking about a little bit too, um, you know, there's a saying, which I, which I really love, which is, um, you know, spending 10 minutes with a wise person is as good as reading, is better than reading a hundred books. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that further to what you're saying from a, from a truly magical point of view, when you hang out with people who are deeply magical, there are, I don't know, my friend Fabeku would call it a transmission. You know, there are, there are things that are happening on many levels, right? That go well beyond just the words that are being said. And I yeah. think that that's why when you have the opportunity, you know, to be present with somebody, you know, like I think about when I got to meet the Dalai Lama, right? And like, you know, I was very sensitive to energy and I watched not only did I have my own experience of it, but I watched everybody's entire body language change at a certain point, about 10 feet or 15 feet from him. Right. And that becomes electric. Yeah. Right. Happens. And, yeah. and you just, you know, we were all lined up to meet him and so on. And you just see that change happen, you know? And I think that that's, that's the thing that is uh, hard to, uh, hard to understand, you know? And like, even when people come to me for card readings, you know, like there are levels in which I am engaging people's energy, you know, like consciously and deliberately, you know, I'm like, Oh, they're, they're crying. And that's fine. Like everybody's feelings are welcome at my reading. It's it's not, that's not the problem, mm-hmm. but if they're stuck in, in their tears and we can't get to anything that's moving them forward, then I'll just be like, all right, I'm just going to adjust your energy a little bit here. We'll give you a little reprieve from that for the time that you're here. And now let's talk, you know, and, these things are things that people don't ever talk about, you know, like, right. Not certainly not in books. Right. Like I didn't learn that in a book. I learned that from a little bit from talking to other people and and a little bit from experimentation, you know? And I think that that's some of that magical stuff that we're talking about, right. There are vistas of possibility that, that aren't even really making the radar in most conversations, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I, I know elders who, you know, you know, who've gotten people out of jail with magic or you sure. know, you've gotten people off their deathbed. Yep. Um, and the, the person on their deathbed has no knowledge that anything is happening, you know, of course. Yep. And you know, those, those, that's, that's, a, that's a whole different, I don't know, realm. 
than, <laughs> than what you, you typically see online. And, you know, and that's, that's the, you know, not that I want to do that every day, sure. <laughs> but, but that's, that's the, 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 the place that I'm sort of that, that approach is kind of what I have always attained to when I do astrology, I, I can't really say that I'm perfect at it. And then I'm going to see everything, but you know, mm-hmm. my, my expectations with astrology come, come from what I've experienced in, in Lukumi de Lagoon readings, because yeah. I know that that's possible. Yeah. Well, that's one of the most, uh, the things that I, uh, I love about it is its specificity, you know? All right. In this Odu, you have a female friend who has three kids and they're betraying right. you in this way. It's like, wow, that's a really specific statement, <laughs> you know? And it, as a matter of fact, indeed, I do have a, a single female friend who has three kids. And now that you mention it, damn, you know? Because it's, yeah, it's, you know, that's the, that's the part of it, right? And I think that, that, you know, that, that's uh, in some ways, you know, I, I haven't said it in a while, but, but I used to say it a lot when I, cause mostly I don't say it now because I don't have to like talk about doing tarot reading so much anymore because people know where I am and I've been doing it for a very long time. Um, but I used to say, you know, I kind of read tarot more like a, like a shell reader, right? Like a Dillogun yeah. reader, because I have those expectations and studying and being exposed to that system has brought the, the impetus for that level of specificity and you know complexity and so on to my card reading practice and i think that yeah it's astounding you know and and that's where like again like that older astrology way like opens our eyes to other possibilities you know yeah and that that's the thing is you know also just just in the books there's you know they have instructions for okay you know is is this thing going to be permanent or is this thing going to be temporary or is it going to be delayed or is it be, or, or is it going to be immediate or is something going to block it or is something going to help it? They have, they have very specific, mm-hmm. you know, um, instructions for finding things like that out. Yeah. And I love that. And then, and then I mean, you know, it, I, I think that's becoming more, more well-known now. I mean, it's, I think mm-hmm. it's interesting, right? I, I'm a pretty, pretty much of a purist with astrology. I, I do the old stuff and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting, I don't, I don't you mean like uh, golden dog, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I do, I, I go by the Alistair Crowley astrology yeah. book. <clears throat> um, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't use outer planets. So <laughs> this mm-hmm. your anus you're talking about. I, I right. don't know that one. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I, I've seen a lot of the younger people um, who don't have these hangups mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, have been, you know, they, they do a pretty good job integrating both a lot of the modern uh, things and some of the traditional things. Mm-hmm. And that, that actually is pretty interesting to me. And I, that's, that's, I think that's going to be the future. Because mm-hmm. um, when traditional astrology was first rediscovered, there's a lot of pushback from the modern or from the mainstream astrology crowd. Sure. Um, they thought of it as being primitive or I don't know what they, they, they were mm-hmm. saying. Um, and um and then you had a lot of purists like me except i'm I'm not being an edgelord about it but <clears throat> but you know you had a lot of purists who are like okay well modern astrology sucks and you guys are idiots for doing it and that kind of a thing mm-hmm. uh, but now it's it's a, it's a much more symbiotic thing with young you know, especially younger people mm-hmm. um you know the the gray beards out there might be a little different yeah well, <laughs> i think you know i mean i think that it's it always sort of um behooves us to listen you know i mean yeah. like i i i i think that i'm i'm always curious about what other people and you know and certainly younger people are are up to when it comes to different things you know because because it's easy to become ossified <laughs> in something you know That's, we all do it a little bit yeah right and it's inevitable <clears throat> it's part of part yeah. of nature right we fall into what's more comfortable but I think that sort of sliding out of that whenever we can and sort of exploring those things and seeing what's going on, you know, we don't have to take them on. We can pick them up or leave them. There are many things I look at and I'm like, I don't really understand this on any level. And then I just leave it. I don't know that it may not be wrong at all. Maybe like absolute genius. And then somebody will explain it to me someday in a different way. And I'll be like, Oh, I get that now, but you know, <laughs> but I'm just like, that's fine. You know? Yeah. One one of the things that Lucumi has taught me is learning how to compartmentalize things. Uh-huh. And um 
which is why I said earlier, I, I don't mix astrology sure. and leukemia ever. Yeah. And um, I, don't I, don't, mix, I don't, I don't mix anything with it. I don't even mix my no. spirit spiritismo with it. No, it's like nothing. No, it's all not supposed to. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it's, it's, that's become very valuable in, in sort of seeing what's going on in the esoteric world, because I, I, I don't, um, you know, people wanting to mix chakras with everything, for instance, I'm like, you know, it's chakras really don't mix with everything. There's a place for that. There's a place for karma. There's a place for, um, you know, the tree of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but it's not with everything. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I've um, become very sensitive to, you know, when I see, you know, someone talking about Kabbalah, th- you know, Kabbalah has, that's a whole rabbit hole on its own. You know, it doesn't need help from anybody else sure. <laughs> to be complex. Um, you know, so, you know, we don't need to like just cherry pick things that we think are really cool and put that into other kinds of magic because it, it doesn't need it. Um, well, so I, I try to approach everything that way. Yeah. And I, I think partially because of partially because of my nature and partially because of the time I came into magic, there was no internet. I lived in small town, Ontario. So like twice a year, if I was lucky, I got to go to the psychic fair and look for books. So I just had the same stuff. And so it became this matter of, okay, what else can I, what else can I squeeze from this? What else can I squeeze from this? Okay. What can, what else can I do with this lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram? Crowley says it's the key to everything. And if you only have this ceremony, you can accomplish everything. What does that mean? What can I do with it? You know, and same with tarot. Like I only had a Toth deck for a very long time. And, and as I said, I think earlier, I only had Crowley's book on it because it was the only thing I could find written anywhere about it. So I just perused it again and again and again and again. And I think that, you know, those for better and for worse, you know, that the Toth and Crowley's magic, it's a total worldview and you can just immerse yourself in it mm-hmm. and you don't really need anything extraneous to it. You know, it's not missing any pieces as such. Has it smushed things together in weird ways? Sure. But, you know, but I think that that value of really digging into something and truly, truly getting to know it and really like being able to sort of go through it inside and out, you know, I think that that's just something quite profound and, and potent, you know, and yeah. Yeah. And becoming, um, you know, there's something to be said of being an expert on one or two things. Sure. Versus, you know, I mean, you know, master, was it uh uh, master of none you know jack jack of jack, jack of all, of all trades, trades master of none yeah, yeah i couldn't think of the other part of that yeah <clears throat> and um yeah that that's where i kind of got with the astrology it's like you know i i can be really good at astrology i can be good at leukemia i'm good mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um i might get into alchemy eventually because that's kind of related but mm-hmm. I, I don't i'm not really out there trying to gain a bunch of titles and sure. whatever it's just uh, even with astrology, I had to compartmentalize it. I had to, I'm not going to learn mundane astrology, which is the astrology of um, world events, things like that. It's just, that's just a whole other thing, which I just don't have time to, yeah. well, <laughs> to mess with. Well, I remember studying astrology and getting to a point where, you know, I can't remember what it was. There was some angle that I was entertaining learning, like adding to my repertoire, you know, and I was just like, man, this feels like an exponential level now. Like, I'm just going to add this other thing that's, you know, as much as I already know to add one more piece to it. I'm like, no, I'm done. Yep. You know, it was when I stopped doing charts for people too. I was like, ah, I think, I think I'm going to focus on cards. So, <laughs> yeah. But if you, you know, also, if you have fun doing it, I mean, yeah. Once it becomes not fun, you should stop it. Yeah. Same for me with like my Western Kabbalah and stuff. Right. And you know, like all those kinds of things. I'm like, I'm at this point where I'm either going to learn Hebrew or I'm, or I'm not. And if I'm not going to learn it, then I might as well stop because there's nowhere else to go with this. And that's why I know. never started. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess discovering it at such a young age, I didn't think about never starting. I'd already started and spent a long time in it, but uh, yeah, for sure. Latin's bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question about the, the translation of the book that you did. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious what stands out as being sort of the most difference when you went back to the, the tradition, the actual source versus the 
you know, the other editions that had been done over, you know, time and stuff like that. Well, I mean, it's first, it's important to realize that, um, that there was only one other English translation. Yeah. Prior to now, there was another translation which came out just a couple months before mine. Um, although my, I was finished first, <laughs> I think, but, um, the, uh, so I guess now we have three English, English translations, but, um, but really before this last year, there was only one. Mm-hmm. And so Tyson did not translate it. Uh, he edited it, mm-hmm. annotated it. And I think the biggest thing that st- stood out was Tyson made a lot of corrections to the texts. And, you know, with annotations saying, okay, Agrippa is wrong here, this is incorrect here, or whatever. And what was surprising was how little um, Agrippa made error. I mean, how, how he basically was a pretty faithful um, transcriber of what he had. So he made very, very few mistakes. Um, there's a couple, <laughs> sure. uh, but I was able to see the sources. Uh, the, the other thing was the original English translation got a lot of the astrology wrong mm. and Agrippa didn't. Mm. And that those incorrect translations, um, affected the way Tyson annotated it because it was gobbledygook. Mm. Um, you know, one of the ones I bring out, I bring up a lot is um, he mentions that there are five terms or bounds. Now, terms are a five-fold division of each sign, unequal okay. divisions. And um, the Latin is termini, so term termini. Uh, some people call them bounds now. But the original English translation translated it as marks. Mm. And then Tyson looked at it and he thought that it meant degree, which I don't know how you said that the, the sign has five degrees, but um, so things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's a predictive tool called a perfection. Mm-hmm. And um, it's grown very popular as of late. It's gotten very popular. So those who don't know, a perfection is a very basic predictive tool where each sign in the chart represents a year of your life. And it starts with the first house or first sign. Uh, that's your birth. Uh, so you, with your first birthday, which is your second year, is the second house. And then it keeps circulating around the chart over and over again. So you have 12 year cycles. And um, so when you're you know, 12 years old, it's the first house again. And um, anyway, so the original English translation translated that as perfection. Tyson would not have noticed that dip, that problem because he was just reading that that translation. Uh, so he assumed that it meant um, a new or full moon. Mm. So it's just completely different meaning. Mm. So I found I found a lot of things like that. Yeah. Um, the other the, the the other I think surprise was how um, seldom Agrippa used his own words in mm. the book. Um, it's almost completely quotes from other books. Mm. Uh, Just super of, common back then, right? Super common, cut and pasted William Burroughs style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe not, not mixed up, but um, yeah. So Agrippa did this intentionally because he wanted it. He, he, he had a very specific thesis in mind. Uh, you know, theory in mind for for magic, and he wanted to show that um, this crazy idea that he had was not his own. Uh, he wanted to show that the ancients and the and church fathers even shared that opinion that he has, and that you know, basically, he wanted to show the proof proof mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Well, I uh, I have not been I have not looked forward to a book on magic in quite some some years to be honest just because i've i've mostly moved away from it but i'm I'm really looking forward to checking out your edition which is now out and around although i'm still waiting for my for it at my distributor so for a little bit it's in it, it isn't uh released to retailers yet mm. 
Um, that'll be on the twentieth or twenty first. I can't remember. Okay. So soon. Um, soon. Yeah. yeah. The so publisher has it. If you're listening to this in the future, it's November of twenty twenty one when we're talking. So <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I guess maybe that's a good spot to wrap it up. I, I feel like we could keep chatting all night, but uh, I can ramble. Yeah. Well, it's also <laughs> been fun. So, um, but let's let's for people who want to hang out with you, Eric. Where where should they come check out your stuff? Where where do you hang out on the internet these days? Uh, I'm mostly on Facebook because uh, I I'm on Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram. I don't like Twitter and Instagram. No. <laughs> I don't like any of them really, but um, Facebook's easier for me to post my cat pictures. Um, it's important to have cat pictures. It's important. Anyway, yeah, but I'm on all of those. Uh, my website is ericperdue.com. And I, you know, have my readings and my book is on there too. Beautiful. And um, um, if you want to give the author more money, not naming any names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Well, go follow, go follow Eric and uh, bask in his wisdom and cats. <laughs> All right. love cats. Thanks, thanks for making time to record with me, Eric. All right. Thank you. folks that wraps up the third episode of the fall season episode 125 uh thanks for checking it out please uh share like and help spread the word and you know if you're looking for a place to acquire spiritual gifts for your friends this uh coming holiday season well as i said at the beginning the hermit's lamp has all the goods and will ship them to pretty much all the places 